Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Let's get into the show. Today's featured guest is one and only Dave Woodward. Welcome, man. Why? How are you? I'm great, man. Thank you for coming in. Dave is a husband, dad, internet marketer, social media marketer, a real estate investor, and an entrepreneur. He's also the chief business development officer for ClickFunnels. Dave, take a minute to fill in some gaps from the intro and give us a little glimpse to your personal life. Oh, sure. No, I've, uh, again, uh, for me, it's it's always really kind of a lot of, it's exciting for me uh, as a husband and family man to be an entrepreneur. Uh, for me, it's uh, it's a quite a challenge. It's uh, you're always trying to balance everything. I started off basically I was accepted to medical school years ago, and uh, day before I was supposed to go, decided that's not what I wanted to pursue. So I left that opportunity. I got a degree in exercise physiology, thinking that's what I wanted. That didn't work out. Uh, so I started off in a degree in physical therapy. So I basically I went through the whole medical route, and I was struggling just trying to find out exactly what it is that uh, really kind of fit my passion and. I found for me, the main thing I really enjoyed doing was trying to find ways of helping other people have a passion in their life and really making money. And so becoming a young husband at that time, I thought I got to find some way of making money. I started off on the entrepreneurial route by dropping out of physical therapy school after having a full ride and uh, headed down the road basically to in the insurance industry. So I got my feet kind of uh, cut my teeth there. And from there, didn't really like that. And so I kind of bounced from the pillar to post there for a while. And what I found that I was really good at and what I enjoyed the most was marketing. And so I worked for a company for a few years in the marketing industry in a, a small tech company and hit about the uh, dot-com time and the dot-com boom basically crashed, at which point I realized, you know, the part I enjoyed most was marketing. And so for the last oh, almost 18 years now, I've literally focused completely in marketing and that's been my passion. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating when people discovered their passion early on. It was early for me, but uh, late for my dad, I guess. He was kind of, he was quite disappointed in me. But no, I understand what you're saying. Uh, so, I mean, it's, I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people is trying to find out what they're really passionate about. So what advice would you give to people um, who are on the fence of trying to decide what's my passion? Should I go back to school? Should I start my own business? How to be more self-aware and more mindful about those decisions? Oh, that's a great question, Simon. I've, I've got a 20-year-old son who's going through that right now, so I totally understand the question. Uh, I think the main thing is getting as, getting as much exposure as you possibly can. And that, that applies to people who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or even 60s. Uh, we look at a lot of people who, you know, retirement is more a matter of finding what you're passionate about at some point. So for me, I'd say the main thing is Go out and try as many different things and get as much experience as you possibly can and until you really find something that you're excited about. Oh, yeah. If you do something you hate, usually you have this voice in the back of your head saying, it's wrong, you stop doing it. The gut voice, and it's always smart to listen to it. Um, Dave, I want to jump right in. As an entrepreneur, what is the one thing that you do that you feel has been the biggest contributor to your successes so far? Um, the I think the biggest contribution for me as far as to my success uh, – is I, I'm absolutely unstoppable when it comes to f getting things done. It uh, drives my wife crazy. I don't mind working 24 hours around the clock if that's what it takes. 
Uh, I've never been really the fastest, smartest guy, but I will outwork anybody. And for me, I think that's been the, the skill set that I brought to the table that is really just the ability to continue to push hard until I got something finished. So let's get really practical with the audience. How can we get more stuff done in the less time? Is something you learned throughout the years, Dave? <laughs> Great question. I think uh, procrastination is one of the things that uh, we find all of us struggle with. And I think the main thing for me as far as getting things done is understanding the impact that it has, not in the short term, but more in the long term. Uh, we, we joke around here at ClickFunnels quite a bit about a lead or gold moment. Uh, do you mind if I tell a quick story? Is that okay? Yeah, of course. All right. So uh, whenever we feel like we have a, a thing that absolutely has to be done, what we basically refer to it is it's a lead or gold moment. It kind of goes back to the old Mexican mafia days who uh, Mexican mafia would own some of the towns and they basically would come into the sheriff and basically say, this is a lead or gold moment for you. We need this law passed or we need this thing done. And basically what they would do is they would either give them a whole bunch of money or they would put a bullet on the table and basically say, you'll either be shot or you can have the money. It's your choice. And I know that's kind of harsh, but it's really how we look at things where you have to decide how important something really is. And if it's if it's a letter gold moment for you in your life where you sit back and you think, you know what, if I look out three, four, five years down the road, is this decision going to have a, a massive impact in my life if I don't get it done? And if, if it's one of those things that it will, you now have a ton of momentum to actually get that done very quickly. And so for us, and for me personally, the main thing I look at is, what is the long-term effect if I don't get this done? And that's what fuels me to accomplish as much as I can. So you eventually have to say no to a lot of things, to focus on things that really matter to you. Uh, Dave, are you a fan of to-do lists? <laughs> to-do lists for me can be uh, almost overwhelming at times. And I, I have a philosophy, I, I basically call it Commit to Three. And there's actually an app out there called Commit to Three, and you can download it for free on any of your phones. But I look at as far as, it's really easy to make, for me what I'll end up doing is I'll make this long list of things I have to get done, and then I'll pick what are the three most important things. In fact, uh, Gary Keller, big real estate guy, wrote a book called The One Thing. Probably one of the best books out there as far as the ability to read something understand the importance of just one thing. And so I look at it as within a day, there's, I say, you know, there's, what are the three most important things that if I got these three things done, everything else would kind of fall away. Gary Keller's approach to it is, you know, what's the one thing that if I got this one thing done, everything else would either become an insignificant or would just fall by the wayside. So that's how I look at it. One thing is such a great read. I read it a few weeks ago when I learned quite a few things. So if anyone is interested, I'll link that book up on entrepreneurdecoded.com. Dave, you've had a really unique story as an entrepreneur and it always hasn't been easy for you. Could you walk us through your worst entrepreneurial moment? Wow, I've got a lot of those. Uh, the worst one? Jeez. Uh, gosh, I think uh, for me, some of, I've had you know bad partnerships. I've had people steal from me. I've had people embezzle from me. Um, things haven't gone the way I've wanted them to. I think the hardest moment for me though was um, when I went all in on a project as a, with a partner and found out that, uh, he basically wasn't only embezzling from me, he was stealing from other clients. And what ended up happening was the FBI basically came in and shut down the business, locked the doors and kicked us out. And that was a, a very trying time when I thought that the partner I had was a very honest guy. 
And he was living a huge lie to his family, to me and to everyone else and left me half a million dollars in debt and trying to figure out how in the world I was ever going to get out of it. Well, there's so many lessons in this story. What is one thing you want people to take away, Dave? Uh, for me, I think I, I have a tendency to trust everybody until they prove me wrong. And I probably I probably trust to a fault, Simon, to be honest with you. But at the same time, I just I always look for the good in people. So um, I think the thing I learned from that was my wife is very good at reading people. And so for me, I I started to pay more attention to all aspects of a person's life before I would go into business with them. And what I mean by that is if a person's not honest in their family and they're not honest with friends and you start talking to other people about them and people don't have great things to say about them, there's probably that I mean the honeymoon's already over for you at that point. So working with business partners is something a lot of people are thinking about doing or already are doing. What are some traits uh, every business partner you work with should have? Uh, for me, so as far as trying to find a good business partner, I'm a huge believer in good partners. And the main thing I look for whenever, and I've had multiple partners in different businesses over the over the years, the main thing I look for in a business partner is integrity is the first and foremost thing. And the other thing I look for is I prefer that a business partner has already had some bad things happen to them in their life. And I know it's kind of a weird thing to say, Simon, but I prefer that the people I'm going into business with, that they've already had experiences and they've survived those experiences through someone else. I don't, because what happens in life is as you go through negative experiences, you grow a ton. And if people haven't had those negative experiences, it's really tough for me to go into business with them. I have brought on uh, business partners at a lower equity piece or at a lower um, opportunity and then let them prove their way up. But for me, the main thing I'm looking for in a business partner is experience. I wanna know this person's, they've gone through hell and back a couple times in their life and they understand how to deal with adversity because I've seen too many times in, in life and in business that when adversity strikes, some people just, uh, they don't do very well with it. And it actually will have a negative impact on your life and your business. So I'm a person who really likes to do everything on my own and then eventually hire people. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Dave? That's a great question. Um, for me, a lot of it depends on the opportunity that you're in. Um, I, the hard part, would, I mean, there's so many different things. When you, you start looking at partners, uh, you've got equity partners, you've got financial partners. Uh, venture capital partners, you've got all sorts of different types of partners. And as a as a business owner, when it would when I would look as far as bringing on an equity partner, where I'm actually be sharing a part of the ownership of my business, I'm going to be highly highly skeptical and reserved in doing that. Uh, if I'm bringing on a financial partner, I want to know that I have a way out. I don't want them feel. I don't want them knowing or thinking that they're tied to me forever. I want to know that there's an exit strategy for financial partner on the back end. And I want to know specifically in writing exactly what that is. Uh, does that give you some ideas? Oh, yeah, definitely. Dave, what are some mistakes you see uh, people uh, making with finding partners or uh, just expanding their team? Um, so one of the things I would say that I see for a lot of entrepreneurs is they're very slow to hire. And I would recommend that as a business owner, that you hire quickly uh, people who can basically do the things that you don't want to do. There's a, and a lot of people say, well, you should focus on your weaknesses. I, I'm of the opinion you outsource your weaknesses. 
So whatever it is from a business standpoint, you don't feel you're good at or strong at, outsource that and really try to find out whatever you're best at, what is the dollar value on an hourly basis that that's worth? And whatever tactic or, or job or anything in your business that's not at that value dollar-wise, I would pay someone else to do it as soon as possible. Yeah, outsourcing saves up a lot of time. What are some tasks you personally outsource, Dave? <laughs> at this point, I outsource almost my entire life. Uh, it, and I, I really, I joke around about it, but I'm pretty serious about that. I, I have people bring me food into my office. I pay to have my food delivered. Uh, I don't like spending my time going out to lunch, so I, I pay to have someone else bring my lunch into me. I outsource the the cleaning of our home. The uh, And again, I think the main thing is you need to outsource as many things as possible that are a distraction from you in your life. So landscaping, cleaning, cooking, um, all those things are very, very were some of the first things I started to outsource. In addition to that, I outsource my bookkeeping. I outsource my uh, a lot of my budgeting, those types of things. I, I'm a huge believer. You have to pay attention to the numbers, but you don't have to do the numbers. Um, I outsource uh, like all my podcasts. I on any of my podcasts, I do the podcast, and the rest of it's all outsourced. Other people do the transcriptions, the show notes, the I mean. Anything that, I, that I'm not good at, I outsource as fast as I possibly can. Even though the breakdown was really long, Dave, I know you still put in so many hours. I, um, my, my problem is I love what I do. And so I'm probably, it's my wife, I'm sure, would say I work 24-7. I don't feel like I do. Um, I actually, so for me, I know that my personal day is, I usually start my day about 8 o'clock. I always start off in the morning as far as exercising and, and doing things for myself. I'm a huge believer in med- meditation, prayer, and physical exercise and good nutrition. I think you can't you can't be an entrepreneur without those types of things. Uh, I start my day usually 8. I don't take my – and I think you have to look at your own life and your own schedule. Everyone has the most productive time for them. My most productive time is usually from 8 a.m. until about 2 o'clock. And so – I don't take phone calls. I don't do podcasts. I don't do uh, business meetings or anything else until after two uh, because that's my most productive time. And I know mentally I get a little bit slower. The fog kind of sets in around the three, four o'clock time. And so uh, that's when I respond to emails. That's when I take care of other types of things. But uh, I, I'm a pretty big believer in blocking out your most productive period of time and making the most of it. I don't know if you feel the same way, but sometimes when I work 10, 12, 16 hours a day, I still feel like I haven't accomplished everything I wanted to. And it seems to be a trend among us entrepreneurs. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, For me, it's not a matter of it being enough. I just enjoy it. I just, I really just enjoy it. I think the part that's most exciting for me right now in my business and in my life is I know the work that I'm involved in actually has an impact in blessing the lives of literally thousands of people. And because of that, I try to do everything I possibly can to help as many people as I can. And I know that by doing what I'm doing and what I'm building, it actually will bless the lives of not only their family, but multiple families as well. And so I'm a huge believer in that ripple down effect. And so I try to I try to leave the office by you know five, six o'clock at night. But it's not uncommon once the kids and my wife go to sleep, I, I'll get up and work a couple hours or I just or I'm thinking about it throughout the day. And I just it's always top of mind. I try to be as present as I can when I'm with my family, but I'm probably not the best at that. So work life balance, is that something you struggle with or have you learned to prioritize your time really well? There was a time when I really did. 
I don't much anymore, um, only because I've realized the importance of. I'm a huge believer in experiences. I don't. I'm not a real big gift giver. For me, life is more about the experiences that you have with people. People remember those experiences. And so I try to make sure that when I'm with my kids and when I'm with my wife, I actually try to make that quality time more so than I'm not. There definitely has to be a quantity aspect to it. I've taught all of my kids. I've been their football coaches, their soccer coaches. You know, I've, I've done all that. Uh, I'm a huge believer as far as from a time management standpoint that you have to you have to date your spouse on a weekly basis. So we go on a week, weekly date. I also am a huge believer in the fact that you have to basically take that time. And uh, so for me, I think you have to schedule your vacations in advance. Otherwise, as an entrepreneur, they just won't happen. So I'm a huge believer as far as, you know, I look at it on a, my wife and I go out on a court on a weekly date. And then on a quarterly basis, we get away someplace. And then usually once a year, we take a large trip um, with just she and I. And then we as a family, I take our, our kids out. Um, we usually go on a quarterly trip as well with the kids. So being really intentional that you set aside time to be with your family. Very much so. Yeah, I've, I'm a huge believer in the fact that, uh, you know, money comes and goes. The only thing I can't control is time. I, that's the only thing that's limited for me. I've had money, millions come in, millions come out and slip through my fingers and stuff. And you can always get that kind of stuff back. You can't get time back. And so that's, I'm a huge believer in taking that time with your family. We always talk about habits on this show. If you had to recommend one or two habits to everybody in the audience, what would they be? I, for me, uh, some of the most important habits is taking care of yourself. I, I just, you cannot, and I see it, I've seen it, in fact, my wife's actually, um, we just uh, started a new company with my wife this last week for uh, habitallmoms.com with the idea that uh, you cannot, you can't take care of your family unless you're taking care of yourself first. And so I think for me, as far as the habits, I'm a, I'm a morning person. I like getting up around five o'clock in the morning, between five and six, I'm always up. I usually exercise between six and seven, 7.30. I try to be home with my kids before they go off to school from like 7, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. And I usually shower, get ready, go to, and I'm off to work by 8. That's kind of how my day is. That's, that's my habit. And with that, obviously, is I, I'm a huge believer in reading books and also prayer. And so I make sure I take time in the morning to meditate or to pray. And I'm always listening to audio tapes, podcasts. Audible.com is one of my big things I listen to frequently. David, that was such a great breakdown of your day. I want to wrap up today's talk with the topic, happiness. Uh, what brings you joy and really makes you happy? For me, it's time with my family. There's nothing else matters when it comes right down to it. Everything else is just keeping score. Money is keeping score. It's just as how we do it as far as entrepreneurs. But bottom line for me, my only true happiness comes with my family. I love that. Uh, let's end the show with the parting piece of guidance from you and the best way to connect with you. Uh, best way to connect with me actually is probably through Facebook, uh, Dave Woodward at Facebook. And again, I think that for me, as far as parting words go, Simon, I'd say the most important thing is you have to find something that makes you happy. And you probably have to work through a lot of different things to find it. But as you do that, you're, you gain a ton of experience and every experience is good in my eyes. Dave, thank you so much once again for coming in and sharing your journey with us. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.